You bring the flock, we bring the talk. This is Flock Talk. Welcome back to another episode of Flock Talk. I'm your host, Josh Fry, here with uh, Alex Bowers and Charles uh, Archuleta. Um, So how are you doing today? Doing absolutely wonderful. It's a great day in Winthrop. It's a great day in Rock Hill. And what other place would you rather be? Exactly. Um, So, yeah, let's go ahead and um, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Let me first ask it this way. What what have you guys found out about me? Um, (laughs) Josh, (laughs) what you got? (laughs) It was so hard to find stuff on you. (laughs) Um, I was saying, we, we were doing our research like we usually do, and Josh is like, I can't find anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, guess, I guess that's a great problem to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's like they can't find me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first things first is my first taste of college athletics, really. I was a student at Pima Community College in Tucson, Arizona. Okay. It's, a, it's a, a really large junior college, six different campuses. It's the only junior college for the city of Tucson, Arizona. So, so, so if, I, if you look at the attendance numbers, it's much larger attendance than even Winthrop. Mm. And I, I went there and I was in the Honor Society and I, wanted, I was leading a project where we were trying to help university administration solve a need. And what that ended up doing is we ended up creating an athlete tutoring center for the athletes at our junior college. And it was a really big success. We had, and I, and I remember just so happy to build a relationship with those athletes and great people like the athletic director, Jim Monaco, Dr. Stitt, who was the assistant baseball coach at Arizona for three years for baseball, I mean 30 years for baseball, won three national championships, and then was the head coach at the University of Arizona baseball for five years. And coach uh, Dan Bissell, who was a volleyball coach there, was a great inspiration. After there, I transferred to uh, Northern Arizona University. I, took, I decided to become a picketing intern for their athletics department. I got to work under uh, the great, great Mike Marlowe. Last year, he was the FCS Athletic Director of the Year. Oh. He, the, and that program, like, you don't really think about Northern Arizona with athletics. But their men's cross country team won six national championships in the past seven years. Dang. They just built a $42 million student athlete high altitude performance center. Because Flagstaff, Arizona is at 7,000 feet, about 110 inches of snow on average per year. It's the third snowiest city in America. Really? Yeah, and it's, and, and they just, it's such a great athletic department to have been in and to learn from. And, and I, this week, like Sam, who's the director of fan experience for NAU, she gave me a lot of help to put in my assistance of helping market Winthrop Athletics. Mm. So at the end of my time there, I started to be in charge of games, started to do more and more and more. I ended up uh, leaving Northern Arizona University, going to work in Laramie, Wyoming, where I was the director of ticketing for the Gem City Bison, mm. which was a collegiate summer baseball team. Okay. Right there, I ended up meeting really great people like Aaron Nielsen, who is the owner of Harmony Sports, which is like a, an athletic, a team athletic apparel company. They make bats, they make uh, batting gloves for the Savannah Bananas. Oh, They okay. uh, make custom uh, baseball and softball gloves with Japanese kit leather. Uh, I custom uniforms, like they're, they're trying to become like a 
I get another Nike. That's cool. And it's, it's right in Charleston. Uh, another really great guy I met was their head coach, Tim Glanstra. He, uh, he was a, a veteran. He was a New York detective for 30 years, helped take down a crime family. Dang. Two-time stage four cancer survivor. He wow. got he got stage four cancer from uh, cleaning up the World Trade Center. Really. And he was the head coach of the Gem City Vikings. He was a a force to be reckoned with. What a guy. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and he was he was as direct as can be. He was a great guy. He lives in uh, Hickory, South Carolina. Hmm. So most of the staff, ironically, I never was to a point about moving to South Carolina. I haven't really considered it moving up there. But, like, the pitching coach is the head coach of uh, Cleveland Community College. Yeah, okay. Right there. So most of the staff is all from uh, oh, one of the, the R- RPA announcers. And marketing guy was uh, is one of the uh, color commentators for Charleston Southern men's basketball. Mm. So all of those guys were in South Carolina. And at that time, I wasn't really thinking about going to South Carolina. I ended up, one of the jobs I applied to was USC Upstate. Okay. I ended up getting an interview. I ended up interviewing there online and just really loved my interview with him. Like, he was a funny, funny guy, Dr. Davis. He's a character. He's the director of compliance for Upstate. Like, he, uh, he, he, he took a semester abroad to be in a barbershop quartet. He brews his <laughs> own beer, raises his own chickens. <laughs> like an absolute character, one of the hardest <laughs> workers you'll ever meet in this industry. And I enjoy my time there, so I ended up applying there, getting the position, and I told Dr. Davis, because I was in Wyoming at the time, mm-hmm. we had like an eight-day away series, so I took my girlfriend and I up to uh, Yellowstone. I was sleeping in a yurt, and I ended up calling Dr. Davis after, a day after he gave me the offer. I was like, Dr. Davis, this is probably the first time in your career you're ever going to get someone to accept a job offer from you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up getting that position. So I ended up, a month into my time at Upstate, they were like, got the compliance DA there. They're like, we have no one to run tickets. I huh. Nathan Dixon, one of the biggest superstars I've ever met in my life, one of the top people in athletics. Uh, he got, got promoted and wanted to do ticketing. I took it over and remembered how much I loved it. This position opened this summer, and I accepted it. And I, I'm, I'm really happy. Let me, one more thing is I challenged Josh to find my Winthrop connection. Josh, I could not find this. <laughs> no. <laughs> so when I was in uh, Laramie, Wyoming, uh, the direct the assistant director of ticketing, Timothy Johnson for Wyoming, uh, said, you're doing a really good job. You built this entire infrastructure. Everything's amazing. I think you have a big future in this industry in ticketing. And he's like, there's, a, there's an open ticketing position that I think you would be really, really great at. Timothy Johnson is now the associate director of ticketing for University of Alabama. Ooh. He, uh, he called the external ops, your senior associate director for internal operations for University of Idaho was like, you need to hire this guy. That guy was Matt Martin. He was brought to work at at Winthrop under Ken Halpin. Mm-hmm. He was at he was the number two, number three person for Winthrop Athletics for about four or five years. 
He's an absolutely amazing guy. I ended up being the runner-up for the director of ticket operations for the University of Idaho. And when Matt Martin called me to tell me he didn't get the job, I asked if he could continue mentor me, mentoring me. He talks to me. He talks to me every three, about three, four weeks. We have really good conversations. I learn a lot from him. He uh, <coughs> he's an absolute superstar. When I applied for this position, he called Chuck Gray. Because yeah. he, he was one of the people who helped bring Chuck Gray back to Winthrop Athletic to be the volleyball coach. Mm-hmm. He was part of the hiring committee for him. And uh, he, he basically called Chuck Gray. I was like, you need to hire this guy. And I, I have a very unique perspective of Winthrop Athletic because I get to see it in the present time. I also get to see it from Matt Martin's view as well. Okay. And Matt Martin, if you guys look at your follower page, actually follows Blackcock. He said you guys are very engaged to the community. Well, there we go. <laughs> Look at that. It's crazy how everything is so connected. It's just yeah. everything finds a way to work itself out. That is so cool. <laughs> so um, now the, to our listeners, um, I want you to just explain a little bit about what a ticket manager does. Uh, what does that entail? It, it all depends on, on a size. But like if you were at NAU, it's you could go two different ways. You could be at, you do ticket sales. Like when I was at NAU, it was Zach Meha. He was the GM of ticket sales. So all outbound phone calls, all group sales, all those sales went through him. When it, and then Adam Shara was the director of ticket operations. He is now the assistant director for ticketing for North Texas. Hmm. Uh, he did game day sales and he built the systems, he built all the promos, he built the entire back end. So so one person did sales, one person built the back end, built the stadiums, built the promo codes, built all the pricing and everything, and one person did all the outbound sales, reaching out, community engagement. At a school like Winthrop, you do both. You do do absolutely everything, also market for ticketing sports. Right now, I'm trying to think of the best price point going on the system making sure all my equipment's up and running, and making sure I can get as much profit as we can while at the same time doing right by the Winthrop community. For example, uh, at the Boplex, for the Jingles Coliseum, Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. my proudest moment since I came here is we had a lot of game days. We had an abnormally large amount of game day sales compared to all the other schools. Mm. We sold over $2,200 of walk-up sales at the Bullplex. Wow. And, and that was only because I got a stack of tickets and waved it at any fans who could see it. Instead of having <laughs> them walk straight to the front, they, they bought tickets from us. And that, really? And this stuff like that is like, we sold to Radford fans, we sold to Campbell fans, we, told, we sold to every single fan you could think of. That's crazy. And, and that helped us handle the expenses of playing at the Bojangles Coliseum. And, then, and it was a lot of fun to work with like the big stars. Like James Holland is a very, a very serious guy, but he's also a very great guy. I really like James Holland. He, he played at Upstate's under national championship team. Mm. And he was also a Harlem Globetrotter. Dang. He's one of the senior people on uh, the Big South administrative staff. So I really had fun working the Bojangles Coliseum right when I first started here. 
Yeah, I was, I was gonna ask what your uh, favorite moment or experience has been so far, but I think that covers it. Do you yeah. have any other uh, moments that you recall? Oh, I have, I have a, 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 a funny one. One, okay. what, right before I started working here, I decided, you know what, I have nothing better to do. I have the weekend off. Let me drive from Spartanburg to Rock Hill. Uh-huh. Let me, let me just see how the ticket sellers are. Let me just buy a ticket, walk through. Have have a good time. Yeah. So I walked up to the Coliseum. It's a women's basketball game. Yeah. I forgot who they were playing. It was the week before Upstate came up. Okay. It was like a weekend game. I uh, I, I walked up and Martha, who is an absolute superstar, she uh, has been doing ticketing here for ten years, and she's also done ticketing for the Charlotte Knights. Okay. She's been one of the hardest workers, biggest superstars of anyone here. She is married to uh, Jeff Lore, who is the athletic trainer for men's basketball. He has that yeah. athletic training center okay. named after him. Yeah. So I walked up to the gate and I bought one ticket for five dollars. And then after she sold me that ticket, I started asking her questions like, "Hey, I'm trying to move to Rock Hill. Like, like is there any good places to I like areas of town I should live in? Yeah. Yada yada." And she's like, "Oh, what's bringing it up here?" Oh, I got hired to be to, to be the <laughs> ticket manager for Winstrup Athletics. And it's like, oh. Yeah. So, so like tomorrow night, uh, Jeff, Marta, my girlfriend, Kelly McGinnis, who has worked here for absolutely ever. She's the one of the administrative coordinators. She also handles all insurance claims. And her husband Keith, we're all going to get go to Hobos tomorrow night. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> And we're going to have a very good time, and they're all amazing people. And I, the nice thing is, is, I get to learn from them on an absolutely daily basis. So it sounds like that we're, we're trying to um, build this community here, but it seems like in where you're working here, it seems like you got a community going already. Yeah, it's, there's, like, there's absolutely amazing people here. I really love the culture of Winthrop, and that all comes from Chuck Ray. Mm-hmm. Chuck Ray down is Chuck Ray is a very amazing person, a, mm-hmm. a very nice person, and someone who's always trying to look not necessarily at at your job necessarily, but at you as a person, and yeah. what does your emotional need, what's your, what do you need as a person, not necessarily what you need as like an employee, and that's very beneficial. Like I really love Hallie. She's currently working as the number two person in this athletic department absolutely amazing person our compliance director uh drew emery is the one is the zamboni driver for the charlotte checkers oh he's a he's he's another great guy this athletic department is filled with very amazing people and it's hard not to want to come to work every day when you're surrounded by such superstars every single day yeah we can attest we can attest to that everybody we've met so far has been so kind has been so opening and very welcoming. Very welcoming, yeah. Um, and it, it, it feels good knowing that we're trying to grow this community, but we have a good core people here to support us. A hundred percent. And like the thing is, is like the players are amazing here. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the coaches are always willing to work with us. The administrative staff is great. And the thing is, is since I moved here, I don't think I've had one issue with one issue other than to say really great things about anyone I've met at Rock Hill. When, mm-hmm. I, when my mom came out to visit, because she wanted to visit, 
me and just be the city and have a good time. She's retired, so she does whatever she wants now. Yeah. Uh, she she called Rod Hill a luxury resort community. Hmm. That sounds pretty nice. So okay. She, so, she, so I I definitely love the culture of Rock Hill and. Right now, like, if I won $500 million today, yeah, and I had, I would try to keep it a secret, and I would try to keep my exact <laughs> same job, because I'm so happy selling tickets, like, ticketing is, when I wake up in the morning, I think about ticketing, when I go to sleep at night, I think about ticketing, and when I was not doing ticketing, I, my, my body physically hurt, because I just missed it so much, and to be able to have the opportunity to do it in such an great athletic department with such a great administrative culture which is very very important because I've been in organizations with great cultures I've been in organizations with with kind of rough cultures and I absolutely can't picture up I don't think there's up one better D1 university for me to be in currently than Winship Athletic I think and, and what I, I want to mention something you said earlier when you were talking about how much you love ticketing and we, everybody we've had on the show, a common theme is that they are doing exactly what they love and they're doing what they need to be doing. So it's so cool that everyone here is, is where they need to be, where they feel like they belong. And I feel like that is just going to create such an amazing environment for people to want to come to games, for people to want to be fans. Because, you know, the behind the scenes is just as much as supportive as the fans. They want so much investment into this place. They want to make this amazing. And I think that's just so cool. Yeah, and, and talking with uh, Matt Martin the other day, Matt Martin and I, we had a, a really great hour uh, chat. And I got really excited talking to him because he was talking about my position and my, how my department's currently set up. And from his experience with Winship, and the opportunity in my department, I think there's a, there's almost limitless potential. There's such a mm -hmm. great opportunity for growth, and I want to maximize the growth as much as possible. And every single day, my, my number one goal coming in here is, how can I maximize the growth of my department? How can I grow it at not only a, a, rap, a rapid rate, so we can get as much revenue, have those supports of sports, help that grow the university, but also, how can I grow it in a, a stable way? So, it's, from experience of my past, I have created a couple organizations in my past that I have been out of for two, three years mm -hmm. that are still running, and that's and my goal is to build something very, very special and build it to a point where it's kind of it kind of levels out where you can't really build it much more mm -hmm. where yeah. the gains are minimal. And where, and where it's stable, where someone can take it over and keep it at the same level it's been at. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with the student section in a way. That's kind yeah. of our goal is to grow it to where it can sustain itself, where we can hand it down to someone else and they can take over. So it's, it's, it's cool that we have a common goal here, what we're trying to do. Um, and going off of that, I want to mention how you believe we can get more students at the games because we already have free tickets. Um, we have um, where we mentioned with um, President Cerna that we're working on trying to get transportation to games. What is what can we do and what can what can uh, 
I guess, your um, office do to help bring in more students? So what I did the past week is I, I, I ran a raffle. I tabled for about five hours one day at campus. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask students your opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Like, like what, what's keeping you from going to the games? What can we do better? Yada, yada, yada. And I got 50 responses. Okay. And 12 students did not know that they got them for free. Really? Yes. And that, and that really surprised me that I get the game for free, I would go. Yeah. And I'm not sure how, I'm, I'm sure there's more you can do with that, but the, other, the number one thing I want to do is I want to bridge the gap between the campus and the university. Mm -hmm. Between the campus and the athletics program. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think about it, like the Coliseum's about a mile away, it's on its own island. Yeah. And whenever you go onto campus, you feel like athletics is forgotten about. It's a different world. A hundred percent, bro. You know, just to have a presence there. Something that the baseball program is starting to implement, which I, which w which was one reason why the Hickman era had so many students attend their games, is from doing my research, I asked tons of faculty, I asked tons of staff. And in the Hickman era, the basketball players would invite their cl classmates to a game. It was like an important series, an important game. Yeah. After class. I guess like professor says, invite the student to a game. The professor says yes. I'm like, hey, I want you to come to this game. Like, I personally want you guys, because at the end of the day, the baseball players want their classmates to go to a game. Right. The, the, and it means more when an athlete says, you can come to a game. Mm -hmm. Well, I, however we can create a presence on campus is the best way we can go about it, is yeah. just to make sure we have that presence day in and day out is because you can't you can't fall into the trap of athletics being forgotten about. Yep. Yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest problem is it is forgotten about. But one thing that we're we're thinking about doing for next year and we're trying to build it up is for some sports is to reinstate the reward system on the Winston Athletics app. Oh, how would that work? So you could uh you could geo check into a game. Okay. So I if it's if the game times what three through six, like from like you could check in at a Coliseum from like two to six PM. Okay. So it and it tracks you based on your location? Yes. Okay. So you so you just you just check in. Uh -huh. And then let's say you go to eighty five, ninety percent of the games, you you could you could win you could be guaranteed a prize. Okay. Like I, I get some sort of gear from that specific sport, maybe food options, and just yeah. and just reward people for coming to games. That that I like that idea. That That's is a pretty cool. Good idea. <laughs> and you know we'd be getting we'd be getting everything. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be getting all the rewards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all the prizes. That is that is so cool. I yeah. feel like stuff like that is is yeah. a great incentive to get people to come to games. We have that capability in our app. We've done it in the past. At Northern Arizona, Sam Sam did an absolutely amazing job of maximizing their athletes with the 7,000 club and getting as many students that they could get to games by offering awards for repeat attendance. Because much like Winthrop, NAU is definitely a school where the force isn't on the students 
a normal student's mind a lot. Right. It's very much yeah. another teacher's college. Yeah, yeah. And have you guys a non-sports question? Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. So, uh, I'm, are one of you or both of you guys going into teaching? I am. He is. I'm not. What was your favorite lesson plan you've ever made? Ooh, that is an interesting question. Ooh, that's a good one. That's getting my teacher nerd brain out. Uh, I gotta say, my favorite lesson plan that I made was a game day lesson plan as a review day. Um, and this is something I want to. I know this ain't sports related for the listeners, but entertain me on this. Um, I want to do something in my future classroom and where I have teams for game day reviews. So like we have like a Thursday review day and like a Friday test day. So what I've done is I will do um, teams will um, students will organize themselves into teams or we'll do like a randomizer wheel get them into teams and then I or I'll do a, yeah like a randomizer wheel and it will be like a draft kind of where I do like pretend teams so you know they're like I got drafted woo and then they go to a team and then we'll play like um, Jeopardy or something where they they go up and they have a representative from each team and you know there's a point system so it's like there's a connection there where students are engaged and I feel like it's a good way to like do like a review day where it like gets into their head and also keeps them engaged and wanting to come to class so they have something to look forward to each week. So that, that's that's my favorite thing I've done so far. That's that's super exciting. I like I want to be able to implement sports in my classroom into like in a way where it's like you don't got to be like a sports fan to like be engaged because I feel like I can take other aspects of what I'm interested in and everything I've done and bring it into my classroom to give it personality. So yeah, that's I really like that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that yeah, that's just one of my ideas I got going on. Um, and the day I did it, it worked. I could tell that the students were having fun, and like they came up to me afterwards, and they're like, "I want to do this again. Like, can you come back?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm only here for a couple weeks of the internship, you know." Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've got going on so far. That's that's super amazing. So, um, do you have any advice? For anyone who wants to get into ticketing, I I'll actually give advice for uh, someone who could go into athletics or ticketing in general, because the number one thing that I've learned throughout my process is when you get rejected from a job, it is not a setback; it's an opportunity. When when I, I didn't get the Idaho job, mm -hmm. you know I I. I got an HR email before I was even contacted by Idaho. Like mm. I, Matt called me the day after I randomized HR email after I was kind of in the hiring process for about about two straight months at that point. So that did the application really drag out. So about two months in, I get an HR email. I had fairly consistent dialogue with Matt at that point, and. It would have been very easy to be like, man, you couldn't even give me a phone call. Yeah. But no, it was like I was like, you know what? They they handled the process. They hired a person that they think was best for it. Mm -hmm. When I do have an opportunity to talk to Matt in the future, which was the next day, you know, I I just want to be able to learn from someone like Matt and have him 
helped me because I, I needed mentorship in the industry at that time. And that was a very great resource for me. At NAU, I, uh, I, wa- I really wanted to become the ticketing GA there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really, really great spot. It was like Flagstaff is, is definitely a, a city I would, may, I would love to live in again. I just think it's an absolutely amazing place to be. It's an hour from the Grand Canyon, 40 minutes from Sedona, in the middle of the forest. It's just all, all the snow in the world. I miss snow. I'm like, that's where I wanted to be. And I was told that I didn't get the position. I didn't get caught in the second round because I was too developed. There was no room for growth in my position. That if I kept, you know, staying in that position, that everything I would have learned, I could have learned by October of the following year. So I talked to my, the next week I talked to my boss, Adam Sheriff. At that time I was like, hey, you said I could get to where I could be in October with everything that being a GA, because I did so much behind the scenes work, I did so much work. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get there in May. Yeah. And this was in March. Yeah. He's like, I got you. So every single week I had an extra four hours of mentoring by him, which really helped me learn more skills and improve in my profession. And to have all that extra time put into me because I handle projection well. Mm-hmm. And, and people, people would see that in your administration office. Mike Marlowe, I know, saw that. Yuri, Yuri who was a deputy, excuse me, deputy ADR, saw that. Everyone saw how I handled that rejection. Mm-hmm. I still have really good relationships with them. Because I didn't say, woe is me, or screw this guy. It was, right. he, made the, he made a decision based on that I didn't have growth, in the, I won't have growth in the position. And I maximized my growth while I was there. And I ended up falling right where I should be. So to, to only be a GA one semester and already have a full-time job mm-hmm. and feel very happy doing it is a testament to just the right door will open for you if you just put in the time and work. So patience, perseverance, mm-hmm. and you said the, the ability to handle rejection and how that shows your character. A hundred percent. Because, you know, some moments you're going to be angry about it, but right. at the same time, like, you know, I'm a big believer. You let something hurt for a day, and then you try to move past it. Right. Because if you try to move past it immediately and you don't let it hurt, it's going to build up. A hundred percent build up. So I think just, you know, treating people with respect. It's such a small industry that, you know, you're going to be exposed if you're not of high character. And you're, it's, it's hard to go in there if you're not constantly treating people well. Okay. That's some good stuff. Um, I got a final question for you, and we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, I wanted to ask... Um, what sporting event do you believe needs more support, and how can we get them some more support? Oh, 100% it's the women's volleyball team. Coach Gearhart is going to finish most likely going to tour in the country. Uh, it's a two-team race to win the Big South Conference, especially now that uh, Campbell's leading. Right. Campbell, Campbell has left by that point. Yeah. It's going to be between her and High Point. Both have three coach three person coaching staffs. Most of the com- a lot of the conference has just two. Mm. They have six seniors. They have the big South freshman of the year. 
Okay. Under his staff, they have a really great group of really great group of mature volleyball players, and they're playing five Power Five teams. One of those teams is South Carolina, which is going to play at Winthrop. So we definitely need we definitely need to highlight that game and mm-hmm. make sure all the students attend. And we hope to get a lot of fans from the from Columbia to come down. But she's the volleyball team here might be the strongest team out of every single sport we have, mm. and she could easily she could easily win the Big South Conference and just. Cause like by that point, like think about it. Like you're in once you start conference season, you have already played five power five teams. Yeah, that experience. Yeah. Yeah, and was it Rutgers, yeah, Florida, Florida, Clemson? Yeah. yeah. NC State. NC State. Yeah. And only one of those teams you're playing at home. Exactly. Yeah. I conference season is going to be easy compared to all of that, and you need to have all the girls who can handle it. You have six seniors, mm-hmm. a lot of juniors, Big South freshmen of the year, mm-hmm. and they're and they're gelled together. They're cohesive. They're all very good girls, really great people. I like high character, great players, great coaching staff, and uh, the new coach that got brought into uh, the Winter Volleyball Team, Coach Sam. Mm-hmm. He ha- got his bachelor's degree in math and his master's degree in sports analytics. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely help with the statistics and bring an extra layer to the uh, winter volleyball team. I'd be, they're an exciting team to watch and a great thing about volleyball is it's a very fast paced sport. Oh yeah. Like once we get into it, like it's hard to, it's hard not to watch it. When those rallies get going, it's insane. A hundred percent, like we're going to need to get a lot of students there mm-hmm. for that, for especially the South Carolina game. Oh, for sure. I, cause I, cause you, you know, the Gamecock Nation is going to come down. Yeah, they, they can't outnumber us. We can't let that happen. Yeah, especially, especially with a coach as great as Coach Gearhart. A hundred percent. Yeah, we ain't gonna let that happen. No, that ain't happening yeah. at all. My watch. Yeah, you know, like maybe, maybe that'll be a great little Caesar's day. Ooh. Or the student section. Okay, Yo, you go. heard it here first, everyone. Um, we got some good stuff in the works here. Um, so yeah, everybody who's listening from the community, students, everyone, uh, get ready for this volleyball season. It's gonna be big, and uh, come out and support the team. And also, if you ever see that we got a baseball game, softball game, anything, come out and support the teams. They work so hard, and they're, they're everybody we've met has been has been great people. So, come come check them out. Come be a part of the family. It's 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 I, I I say this time and time again. It really is a family at Winthrop, and you know the more fans that come out to games, that's just that's just you're just expanding the family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's what we want to do. So um, yeah, come on, come out to come out to some of these uh, baseball and softball games, and especially lacrosse. Lacrosse is pretty underrated. <laughs> okay, so we need we need so your opinion is we need more support for lacrosse. We got more support for volleyball. More um, more support for athletics support in for general. Athletics in general is is the uh, the theme here. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's gonna wrap up our questions. Um, if you wanted to add anything else, uh, uh, ooh, that's that's actually an interesting one. Let me just think really quick. 
what was your favorite moment at the NCAA tournament? Ooh, that's a good segue into our next topic, the NCAA tournament. Um, let's talk about this tournament. This has been wild. It's been such a wild my, year. My, my hometown team did not do well in that tournament. Arizona? Yeah, they had high hopes going into the tournament. And then Princeton, man, and all these teams coming Dude, in. Dude, FAU. FAU <laughs> making FDU. it to the Final Four. FAU with the win over Purdue. This tournament, I mean, I knew it was going to be crazy. Everything. I knew it was going to be crazy. I didn't know it would be this crazy. This is probably the best tournament in years for, for college basketball fans. Oh, for sure. We, we got no number one teams. What is it, Elite Eight? That was wild. The, the thing that really blew my mind even before the tournament is UNC not not even making it. But not only that, they invited to the they NIT. They declined the it. Which, oh, yeah. which, which I don't understand from their perspective. Tell, tell us about that from a ticketing perspective. What is what does that mean? Especially if you're like, because they would have been one of the top seeds. Yeah, and they, and would, have, they would have hosted. They yeah, would have hosted tell us at about home. That. That's interesting. I I wouldn't know too much about how like where the money goes from the from an NIT tournament, especially at the top seed. Okay. It would definitely be an an event where you could either make your money back or make profit. But from like a basketball perspective, you you would extend your play in season, mm-hmm. which means you could you could still have a large amount of practice hours mm-hmm. you can still develop you're still playing highly competitive basketball right because once you fall out of playing season your practice time gets cut significantly which cuts down on your developmental time mm-hmm. by NCAA rules and you're still trying to play a competitive tournament I just don't see the benefit of not playing in it but from ticketing hmm, I, I don't think I know enough about how the NA where the money for the NIT tournament goes because that that is something I thought about when I when I found out they declined that is wouldn't they be making money off especially of if they sell this? out like if they sold out those games 100%. I feel like that'd be a profit I, I feel I feel like you would make money with it if you're hosting yeah 100%. yeah but and, but I I guess that's a luxury of being a school as big as UNC yeah I guess it doesn't matter they can yeah. decline it if yeah. they wanted to because UNC still going to pull pull five stars right yeah. Although Caleb Love transferred, we haven't found out where he went, right? No, uh, he's crystal balled to go to Missouri. Well, it's between Missouri and Indiana. <laughs> Dude, if you what if he went to Duke? You know how you know how That's funny that would be. That ain't happening. As, as, as a West Coast guy, who do you think? Like obviously San Diego State right now, mm-hmm. but consistently, who do you think is the best West Coast basketball team? Gonzaga. I mean, if you're going consistency, it's got to be Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga is tough. It's a beautiful area. Oh yeah, I've been to um, Washington State before. It's mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. One hundred percent. I'm just I'm just happy to be in Rock Hill. Well, Rock Hill's pretty beautiful too. <laughs> Luxury resort town. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's go into San Diego State and that UConn matchup tonight. Let's do some predictions real quick. Who you got winning? I think I would probably go. Uh, my my heart wants to say San Diego State since I'm a West Coast guy. And yeah, yeah. I knew that's fair. people who coach there, but I just feel like UConn's gonna pull it out. I think I think that's what me and Josh think as well. Yeah, and I think I, I don't, I'm gonna say it right now. I don't think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be a twenty point. 30-point blowout. Yeah, if you're blow, if you're a team that's blowing out teams like 
Miami and you know some of these one seeds you're you're pretty good and I I I love San Diego State's defense but they're not going to be able to stop I like that team but they they're just, not going to stop UConn's offense I mean I want to see a good game I hope they prove us wrong but um yeah. You, you hear that right now, San Diego State. Prove us wrong. <laughs> the women's basketball tournament this week. Oh, let's talk about that, too. Um, so many storylines from that tournament, like the, the emergence of Caitlin Clark. I think some people already knew she was an amazing athlete. But like you. Well, yeah, I've been watching her a little bit this season because I, I keep up with the Big Ten. But um, I feel like she's like a household name at this point. And I feel like this tournament was not only big – for athletes in uh, NCAA like her, but it was huge for women's basketball in general. I feel like it is being more talked about than it has ever been. And I feel like it there's so much room to grow. And this this tournament highlighted how amazing that sport can be. 100%. What I just loved is the bench playing in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Because like, I think there's nothing more exciting then when someone comes off a bench in basketball and just lights it up when their when their numbers called. Exactly, that that, that is that was another good storyline is seeing all those people who stepped up, and then also um, that LSU team was so entertaining to watch the whole time. Dude, that was. Um, you can say whatever you want about their coach or the players, but they balled out and they won it all. LSU is an exciting an exciting athletic department right now. Oh, exactly. I like Jay Johnson, who's the coach at Arizona. He he has LSU to an absolute powerhouse right now. Like, if there's a big name in a transfer portal, every single offseason team you've got there, mm-hmm. he's go that player is going to LSU. Mm-hmm. So, um, trying to think of anything else to add on to the women's tournament. Um, Josh, do you have anything to add? I didn't really watch it. I'm not gonna lie. I've been so busy. That's fair. Um, but you I did, missed, I did you watch a good tournament, though. No, I, met, I watched the game. You watched uh, the national the, championship? Yeah, the national championship, dude. Caitlin Clark, with all, due, res- all due respect to South Carolina and LSU. But she's the best player in the she's nation. She's the best player in the nation right yeah, now. No it. doubt about it. If you're dropping 41 on the on the reigning national champions going that are <laughs> who are trying to go for a repeat and an undefeated season – that's that's mind blowing, man. But but thank you y'all for having me. It's been an absolute wonderful time. I I couldn't ask for a better group of guys to talk with. Oh, exactly. Oh, I appreciate it. So, um, Josh, Josh, did you want to bring up anything else to end this episode, or do you think we're gonna call it? Uh, last thing before you know, we or two things before we uh, call it a call it a day. Mike Anumba is back. If you haven't seen it already, you you've heard it here. Um. He's back. He's coming back for a fifth season. Um, I I don't. Yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for like you know. He's been hinting at it for a little a little while now. We kind of had been, a feeling, you know. We had a feeling. We definitely didn't heckle him for uh, months <laughs> it was, it, at a it time. Was, it was. It was. I wouldn't say it was heckling. It was um, loud support from the stands. Uh, <laughs> but we're so glad he's back. Um, and we're, we're so proud of him and everything he's done for this university and the way he's composed himself um, while not being able to be on the court and just being a support for this team. And now he gets to come back and prove why he is one of the best players in the conference. Um, 
He's going to have Drew Pember shaking. <laughs> so, um, that, that's one That's one final thing we want to mention. We also want to say congratulations to Xavier Cooks for being the first Winthrop player in the NBA. We saw him. I, I saw some of his minutes for the Wizards the other night. Um, Since they missed the play, the play in, he's, I think he's going to get more minutes. And yeah. so we'll be able to see – you know what he can really do against uh, some of these NBA talent. Yeah, yeah, some of these household NBA teams. So he destroyed um, the NBL. Now we're gonna see how. He I want to see him destroy the NBA. Let's see it. Um, so yeah, that was everything we wanted to mention on this episode. Um, we should be back next week with some more episodes, maybe episodes plural. We'll see. Yeah. But um, for now, I think we're gonna call it. Hey, right, y'all have a uh, great day, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>